Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today, I sit down with former Australian Diamonds captain, Laura Geitz. Lovely. Thank you. You certainly don't look like you have a four-month-old. <gasps> oh, it's been a really big few days. I saw mum before and she was like, what's wrong with your eyes? I'm like, this is You're like, thanks, mum. Yeah, great, thanks. She's like, you look like you've got things under control at the moment. Not. <laughs> oh, gosh. Has she hit the four-month sleep regression or has she been, been pretty good? You know what, Liv, to be fair, uh, she's she's actually been awesome. Like she's been such an easy baby. It's just as you would know. Like I feel like running around after the other two, and Frankie being like, he's nearly two. He's he's so busy. Yeah, that it's just it's it's like having two children and two babies. Yeah. and you know, like it's that that's the part that's been probably more full on than just having a newborn in some ways. Oh so. yeah, because it's it. 20 months between the second two? Uh, 16. Six, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you would be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're recording this. Yeah. All the glitters. All that glitters. Uh, we, we swear in this podcast. It's going to be a sweary podcast, so it's so fine. <laughs> 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 but no, oh, seriously, that's, that's yeah. That's, so that's the challenging part, yeah. uh, treading water. <laughs> totally, the fact that you're like here and speaking is amazing. Oh, all good, all good. So, and congrats! It's so exciting that you got it, got this up and running. It's Thank so cool. You. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. It's um. I don't know. I've kind of wanted to do a podcast for probably three years now. It's just I haven't found the thing. But, yeah, no, I'm really excited. Awesome. Good on you. Thank you. I guess being kind of a really big sports fan, I really want to understand from your perspective what your favourite moment was in playing netball. Oh, gosh. I mean, do, do you know what's funny? I think when um, I'm asked that question, a lot of people think that naturally the answer is, um, you know, the Com Games gold medals and and the world champs. Um, and the Com Games and the world champs for us are essentially, you know, what the Olympics are to, to you guys. Um, so, oh, I always come back to 2015 and 2016 world uh, premierships with the Queensland Firebirds. Um I don't know. It sounds silly because it, it's obviously not on that world stage, but just uh, we just had such an incredible playing group and we'd gone from obviously being a really unsuccessful club um, in years leading up to that and then to obviously have that success of going back to back with a sensational playing group. It just, that one really sits with me as as my fondest career memory. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I just wouldn't say 
you know, it was amazing, the World Cups, mm. but for some reason that, that success there is just truly special. But I think that's what's so interesting because a lot of people would assume what your favourite memory would be and, you know, playing for Australia and all of that. But some of my favourite memories are not the big ones that everybody remembers. It's, you know, those other moments that sort of mean so much more to you. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, when you look at in terms of, of netball and you're training and you're playing with your club, it's an extended, it, well, it's it goes for, you know, six months um, longer when you consider pre-season and you're living and breathing every single day with these girls mm. that, you know, you're playing with. Um, so all of a sudden they become very much your family um, and they are your family. And um, then you switch over into the international calendar and it's, you know, it's smack bang six weeks and, you know, and that's it. So to form those connections and those relationships, you form the connections on court, but you don't form the same connections in terms of friendships and relationships um, within the team itself and, um, you know, because if you just don't have the time together. So achieving something with people that are really special to you uh, just I, I think adds that extra element of why those highlights, you know, are so, so special. You're amazing at the moment because you, you have three very small children. How old are your, your babies now? <laughs> Um, so I have three babies under, well, I'm not sure you can call the, the eldest Barney a baby. He's no. nearly six foot one at four <laughs> years of age. Um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the grocery bill in 10 years time. I can oh, tell you that. Terrifying. Um, but yeah, three, three children under four live and that's why I look like this. Yeah. <laughs> you look amazing. Honestly, the fact that your little baby Billy, who's like four months old at this point, you you're doing exceptionally well, I have to say. Oh, <laughs> but I wanted to touch lovely. on um, when Barney was born. So Barney was born in 2017. I so admire the fact that you had a baby and then committed to playing netball again uh, and actually went to the Commonwealth Games. And I just, I don't know, that's something that I kind of dreamt about doing as an athlete. I thought that would be really cool to be able to have a baby and then come back, but you actually did it. Like how and why, and <laughs> what, what did you do to be able to do that? It's incredible. Well, I think first and foremost, you know, like, um, it had it had been done before me. There was a lot of women in in our game that had had children and come back and and played. In terms of when I went in in twenty seventeen, as you mentioned, the the support was there and it was great. But you know, you, you see the likes of Gretel Boetta now, who's on court four months postpartum. That was amazing, like putting out <laughs> incredible team performances. And I'm sitting there in awe, going, mm. "How is this girl doing it?" You know, I I did it, but Barney was eight months um, old when I was, you know, competing. A so whole eight months. It was an ex- <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it, you know, and, and I look at Kim Revellian who's also running around and she's got a 14-month-old and wow. all of a sudden it's this completely different environment and the children are welcome and, and it's, you know, after the game the girls are straight off to the side of the court hugging their babies and, and I had that but not to the extent in terms of the support and the way the game was structured. I, I had I was one of the new ones that, you know, so it was all unfamiliar ground in some way. Um, but to sit there yesterday and see how welcomed these women are back in the mix, how the, the, the other girls in the team embrace the children, the coaches have got children. It's There's a crèche facility at Netball Queensland now. So it's like, it's like everyone has a baby as an accessory. It's just mm. the most incredible thing to see. For me, though, if you ask me in those early couple of weeks after Barney was born, if I was going to return to netball, I would have probably punched you between the <laughs> eyes. You know, I just, it was just thinking, oh my gosh, I, I can hardly even function, mm. um, get a load of washing hung out. How on earth am I considering a return to professional sport? Sport, And then a couple of months on, I just had this urge that, you know, I, I hadn't quite finished my career. Mm. Um, and you know, I was always wondering. Um, so I knew that I I hadn't exhausted my love of the game, which was a reason why I wanted to obviously come back and play. You know, the, the fact that there was some support there for me to be able to do so allowed me to do that and, and away I went. So it was it was difficult. I'm definitely not going to sugarcoat it. It was really challenging, um, but I was lucky. And, and this is what I always say to people on the, the motherhood journey in the beginning, it, it really does take a village. Mm. I mean, to, to do it on your own is impossible. So for me, the reason I was able to do that was because I had so much amazing family support from Mark, my husband, and extended family. It's remarkable that netball has created that structure. I think that's such a, an important structure for so many female athletes that I would love to see across the board in in all sports because I just I have this real feeling that women don't see their full potential physically until, you know, into their early 30s, mid 30s, because I think we just keep getting stronger and stronger, but we just, we also had that biological clock that's ticking. So it's awesome that netball is kind of creating that environment that allows women to keep going. Absolutely, Lib. I mean, you know, I, I played with so many girls that delayed motherhood because, you know, that they didn't believe both were an option, which really in those early days it, it wasn't. It was play your career and then have your babies afterwards. Yeah, and we all know those 20s go like that. You, yeah. When you're at school, you think, oh, by 24 I'm going to be married and by 25 I'm going to have my first child. And before you know it, you're 25 and, you know, you're only just, well, in the world of sport, you're only in netball really starting to, to peak at that mm. age. So that 25 to 30 is a really important um, five-year period where, you know, you need to obviously start thinking family as well. And and as you say, your biological clock is ticking and there's been a lot of girls that I've played with that have delayed and then all of a sudden gotten to their 30s and gone, I want to have children. Mm. And it's not as easy as just going, I want to have children and, you know, falling pregnant has taken years. So there's that side of it, which is a, is a whole different topic but I think what you just mentioned before 
in terms of you go through a pregnancy, you go through childbirth, and then you go through those early stages of motherhood. And you might have been an elite athlete and you've pushed your body to the extreme, but there's this mental edge that you get and right. the self-belief mm. from becoming a mother and going through those three stages and seeing the transformation of your body and seeing what your body's able to do that gives you this edge in the sporting world as well. So, again, like reflecting on seeing those Firebirds girls out on court, just going, this is amazing, you know, this shouldn't just be limited to netball. This should be women's sport across the board and and encouraging women to, to have babies. Yeah. And if they want to come back, then come back. And if they don't want to come back, if they want to be a mum, then cool don't too. come that's back. Right. The options and the opportunities are there and that's that's the biggest thing. How did you know it was time to retire? So you went to the Commonwealth Games, you had Barney. What made you realise that that was kind of you are ready to take the next step? I became that really cranky girl in the team, Lib. <laughs> The one that everything was an issue. Yeah. You know those ones? Yeah. Yep, the ones yep. that I was one of those. The <laughs> yep, that was me. Yeah. That was me. Um, you know, just everything was becoming hard um, or, or harder. I just, when I was at track, I, I was really just probably in that phase of when I was at netball, I was thinking, you know, it was it was complete mother's guilt. I was thinking I need to be home with Barney. Mm. And then when I was home with Barney, I was thinking I need to I need to be at netball. And I felt guilty that when I was at netball, I wasn't giving 100% mm. at netball. So it was just this real tug of war in terms of mother guilt that I, I had going on. And, um, and you know, I, I said earlier, the reason I didn't retire was because I hadn't exhausted my love for the game. But then post that one season of playing with Barney and Toe, I was completely exhausted yeah. of all everything I had to offer. So for me, I knew that it was it was just time and and you know that was that was the reason why I decided just to call it quits and and finish my career there. How have you navigated life post sport? Because I imagine not coming from a, a team sport myself, but I imagine that camaraderie, that those relationships are so important to you as a person, not just as an athlete. And you kind of move on from that. You you are sort of taken out of that environment. How do you navigate that and work out where you want to go, what your next steps are? I think for me, it wasn't probably the rudest shock because I had had that year off by having Barney. So I kind of knew what it was like to, to have life without netball and, and then obviously being thrown in the deep end, becoming a mother in some ways. So, um, you know, it was, it, I had that taste of it. But in saying that, what I wasn't prepared for or what I completely took for granted was the fact that I went to training every single day mm. and saw my best mates and caught up with my best mates twice a day. You know, we would go away on weekends and, and play netball and shop and have coffee and, you know, what I thought was just normal life. Mm. And then all of a sudden that stopped. So when, when you ask people in team sport what's the hardest thing to adjust to, 
it's obviously, you know, the competitiveness of, of being driven and, and achieving, but it's also the social side. Mm. And that's the reason why I believe team athletes play team sport is because the kick that they get out of socialising with other people and being surrounded by other people is 90% of the reason why they are in the position they're in. So, you know, all of a sudden I was out of that environment and I'd had it for decades of being surrounded by so many people and and then it just stopped and it was this abrupt halt and I didn't get to see the people that, you know, were, were some of my best mates every single day. And, and then the, the other side of it was I would rock up to training and be so not motivated at times, but I had all these other girls beside me that would all of a sudden get me motivated. And then I, f- I finished playing team sport and there was no one to motivate me to exercise. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. all of a sudden, you know, there was like, the elimination the <laughs> of the social aspect and the elimination of being active. Mm-hmm. And people know that for from your mental, you know, side of, of being the healthiest version you can be, it's for me, it's being around people and for to exercise and those two big parts of my life were completely taken out. So I really, I, I struggled with that side of things. Not not the fact that I struggled a lot with it, but it was, that for me took a lot of adjusting to. Did you struggle with the adjustment of routine as well? And like, I yeah. assume you were told when to be at training what you were doing each day and not having to create that routine and rhythm to your life. And then all of a sudden you're an adult with a small child and you're having to create a new routine for yourself. Was that a big adjustment for you? Huge adjustment. You go from being told that you're at the physio at 10 o'clock and then, and and really you leave this selfish lifestyle because Mm. it's all about you and it's all about being the best version of yourself that you can be on court. So, you you know, you're having massages weekly and you're going to the physio and then you eat well. And (laughs) and then all of a sudden, this small little critter enters your world and it's, you know, it's not about you at all. It's Mm. about them and, 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 they're not on a well the only routine they're on is their routine so I you know I was trying to adjust from from that like structured lifestyle into and I I would have to say probably that's been my one big thing as as a mother has been trying to create a routine um because like I think that that's a huge thing that adds to success and I feel like even the kids if they know that it's sleep time or it's feed time or whatever like I feel like the routine is very different but if it's established there in some ways then it it does definitely help the whole process but in terms of that you know structured lifestyle of sport that completely goes out the window when you know you exit that world who was the first person you told that you wanted to retire was that your husband mark uh, I think he was telling me constantly that I needed to retire. <laughs> so he was telling you for the first time. Yes. <laughs> he was going, I think it's time because you've turned into that horrible person that you used to come home and talk about that was in the team when you were young. You've turned that into was a the mole. <laughs> 
you've turned into that really cranky negative person and I was like oh you know that that when he said that to me I remember those words and I I remember thinking yeah okay I get it um I needed to I needed to hear that so was that a relief I think there wasn't you know there wasn't I had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people about retiring so you know and that was obviously Mark and and my my family um and then even people like the, the coaches, obviously, strength and conditioning coaches. Um, so I felt like people that had been there before. So I felt like I had weighed up all these different conversations to work out exactly where I sat, you know, from after having those chats with people that had been in similar situations. And then I think as the season got towards the end, it just became obvious that mm. my time was up. Um you know, and I, I don't think it was an overnight mm. I'm going to retire at the end of the season. It was probably over a period of, you know, those last few months of the season that I really knew it was coming to an end. And so I what I find so interesting about your journey is that you were navigating not only new parenthood but also creating and understanding what your identity was going to be outside of sport as well. And I'm just fascinated to understand how you've gone through that because, I mean, navigating parenthood, as you've started to mention, is like really full on anyway. And then also to try and find a passion and an interest and a job and opportunities outside of sport and, you know, as a human, (laughs) as an adult, how did you kind of navigate what you wanted to do outside of the sport? To be honest, Lib, I think I'm still like it. I still have a different outlook on it now to what I did when I did retire. You know, I thought I was going to exit out of netball, and I, I, I was lucky. I had all these amazing opportunities in terms of working with my partners that have been long-standing partners. There was some media opportunities. There was also motherhood. So there was definitely so much to keep me busy, which, you know, exiting out of that career, I was, I thought, great, I'm, I'm so set up. I've got all this. Um, and, and it hasn't been until probably the reason, like the last couple of years that I've actually thought, well, you know, I've now got three children mm. and I actually really enjoy being present in their lives. And I, I my mum was a stay-at-home mum and I used to say to her as a youngster, you should go out and get a job, mum, you know. And she used to say "My being a stay-at-home mum is, is the hardest job you can ever have. Truth. Um, <laughs> true. And I used to look at -at stay-at-home mums and go, oh, what a blissful life they lead. You're on holidays all the time. (laughs) I was actually guilty of watching a friend who was a stay-at-home mum one day and a cleaner rocked up to her house and I thought, why has she got a cleaner when she's a stay-at-home mum? So lazy. (laughs) So lazy. I have a cleaner. I have an ironing lady. I have a nanny now. (laughs) I would have a nanny. I would have every. Do you know what I mean? It it just until you're in it, you have no idea. And and I actually saw Renee Ingalls post something on Instagram the other day. Who I played with, she's married to Joe Ingalls and living in Utah. And it really hit home to me because I've had the same thought processes as her. She's at a similar stage of her life. She has three children, and she said, "My job at the moment." 
is to be mum and it's to be here to support my husband. And, you know, that's exactly where I'm at right now. My job is to to be a mum to my kids. My husband's just started his own business. He supported me for so much of my career. So now I feel like I've actually got my head into gear and and got to the point where I realise it's actually okay Mm. for me just to take this time to be mum, to be a wife and to really just take a bit of a a backseat, so to speak, and not be, you know, worried or anxious about where the next opportunity comes from work-wise. I think that it's important for me to have that part of me, which is my identity, away from, you know, being mum and and, and is is just important for mental health as well to get out of the house and do something for yourself. Mm. But at the same time right now I'm pretty much submerged in motherhood and seeing it as my job and um and it is the most time consuming hardest job you will ever have as you know mm. um but that's that's where I'm at and, and I think I've got to that point where I realize you know it's okay to to just be focusing solely on that yeah and, it's the most important enough. job that you'll ever do raising small children to be good humans <laughs> exactly and you know what Liv I think that's the thing to raise a, a little human that is kind, mm. that is the most important thing in life to me. I put sport aside. I said this to mum the other day, put sport and everything aside. The biggest compliment that can ever come my way is somebody recognising that you're a beautiful mother to your kids. Mm. That's, that is by, that exceeds anything that, you know, in, in my eyes that exceeds any compliment that comes from the sporting field. Uh, it's such a, a beautiful perspective because I think today in, in our society, we don't value the job of motherhood enough. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I don't know if you've felt this, but I certainly felt it when I was, I actually took a full 12 months off after my third baby, Bronte. And mm. I felt really sheepish about going, oh, I'm, you know, on maternity leave for 12 months. I'm just a mum. Mm. And it's like, well. Yeah. No, that's actually a really important job and you can get so, like I think you learn so much about yourself as a person through that period of time. And I'm like I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mum forever because (laughs) I'm not patient enough. I mean full credit to all of the amazing women who are able to do that because it is honestly the hardest thing ever. But the energy you have to draw from within to manage tantrums constantly, to be changing nappies constantly, to be feeding and feeding and feeding (laughs) these children. And you've got two big boys that you'll be dealing with. Yeah. And I'm sure Billy will be the same. But yeah, Yeah. it's an amazing roller coaster ride. So it's awesome that you're embracing that. It's funny when you say that, Lib, you know, that people ask you the question, so so what are you doing now? Mm. And and you say well, I'm I'm a mother. Yeah, I have a four-month-old. And then people wait for and, and and what else do you do? And, you know, I, I, I could not agree more. I, I think when people say I'm a mum, I'm a stay-at-home mum, you, you, we should be bowing down and going, that's incredible. Well Teach done, Teach me you. some things. And, you know, I've got, I've got so many friends that are just stay-at-home mums that sit down and do arts and crafts with their children and I have not one creative bone in my body but Same. it's actually been nice for me to see that side of, 
of motherhood and see that, you know, there's activity after activity. I'm much better at going outside and kicking around a, a ball with mm. the boys or playing. But, you know, it's you can make it as, as full on as you want. You can be as busy as you want. Like when it comes down to the kids eating well and meal preparation and activities and it is just one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And um, in saying that, though, like, when you say the the patience, it it becomes exhausting. And I I know my limit where I've gone, okay, I probably need to go away and have some time away, have a a day at work or be removed out of this environment because I'm going to be a better mum when I come back for, you know, the kids Mm. and a better wife for Mark. So I just believe everyone's on a very different journey. Mm. I'm actually really proud to just say that I'm a mum at the moment. Yeah. do you feel and pressure though? Because you've achieved so much in your sport. Do you put pressure on yourself to be a perfect mum who makes perfect food and does perfect activities all of the time? I think that oh but that that is so not the case, Lib. You know, mm-hmm. like I I I don't. There's so many times I've reached for two-minute noodles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually had a message from Ramada Aitken the other day saying, Are you going through the Macca's drive-thru? <laughs> You're like, oh, sprung. Would you judge me if we just got the family feast? I didn't even know the family feast existed at McDonald's. You're like, this is excellent. (laughs) I did say to Mark, the kids, Barney's in the back going, can I have soda? Can I have soda? And I'm like, how does he even know what soda is? And Mark's like, because he's been watching the iPad and he's watching the American blippy talking about soda. So if I'm going to sit here and tell you that I am a mum that prepares nutritious, beautiful, healthy food, mm. no, I'm not the case. I give my child the iPad. We go through Macca's drive through because there's absolutely no food in the house and mm. I haven't had a chance to get to the shops. Um and, you know, but that's life mm. and I'm not going to beat myself up over that. At the end of the day, if, if my kids are happy and I've had quality time with them and Mark's had the weekend with them and, you know, it's it's all happening then um, and we're happy, then that that's the most important thing, you know. I've just learnt to not beat myself up over the fact that it can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I strive to, to be that person. I strive to give the kids veggies most nights of the week and cook good homemade meals. But, you know, it, it's just it's not reality to mm. keep that up for every single day of your life. I, I think I'd send myself mad if that was the case. Yeah, I think so many of us do just trying to strive for that sort of perfection and it's just not not possible. <laughs> We're never going to be enough if we keep striving. And particularly when you flick to, you know, social media and it's just a highlights reel of everyone's perfect life. Mm. I love, that's why I love your, you know, your rawness and and the reality of the situation. And, you know, I I often think that, and I just had that conversation before, um, because on on my social media, I don't necessarily show that so much. And and that's not to say that it doesn't happen, Mm. um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's so funny because you just you scroll through and you see these perfect worlds of of you know everyone puts the best things up there and all of a sudden you think that that's how life should be and look and it's unfortunately it's just it's it's impossible to keep that up Mm. oh it absolutely is 
Do you enjoy staying involved with netball? Because obviously you're you're part of the commentary team now. Do you enjoy that side of it and enjoy kind of still being involved but not having to do the uh, physical part of it all? <laughs> yeah, the training. <laughs> A hundred percent. I I love it, Liv, because it, it um, fills the void of that, you know, being surrounded by the people that I love so much. Um, I was I was there yesterday, and it it sort of breathes life back into me in some ways because it, you know I I get to enjoy a quiet car ride and a coffee that's hot and in peace on my way there. So all of a sudden that's a win. And then I get to see these people that have, you know, been such a special part of my journey. And and then I get to challenge myself in terms of the commentary, which is is very different to what you might suspect it to be early on. You know, that's a, a challenge for me to get better at that. So um, in terms of professional life, it's it's setting goals there and how can I become better at that um, and it gives me something to obviously work on and strive towards um, and then I get to come home and and not have the as you mentioned I don't have the hours of physical exertion mm. I feel like I've done enough of that to my body in you know the last few decades that it's a really wonderful way of me staying involved in the game but not having you know the the effort that I had to put into playing the game so um, I love it I really love it and the great thing is I know that when I go it's all weekend work and and Mark then can be at home with the kids and he has that one-on-one with them, which I think is is really important, particularly the boys. They just love being around their dad and they love going outside with him. And, and you know, I, I think that that's actually a really nice thing as well for them to just have that one-on-one time where I'm not, necessar- not necessarily around either. So, yeah, it's it's just for me. I, I feel really lucky to be in the that predicament that that's an opportunity for me, and and I do. I, I'm really enjoying it. Do you want to stay involved with netball? Like, is that where you kind of see yourself going over the next few years? Yeah, I really, I, I do really enjoy the media side of things in terms of coaching or being involved on that level or being involved in the, the day-to-day life of a team. I, I really don't have any interest of that, you know, yeah. because I think women's sport is a funny one. It's growing, but sucks a lot of life out of you in some ways. Mm. It gives you a lot of enjoyment, but it's, you know, for most people that go to work, you're paid on an hourly basis um, or, you know, on a, a, a salary, but it's that all the extra hours that is required in being an athlete or being a coach that people don't necessarily see that you don't become remunerated for. And that's totally fine when you're a young, you know, married or single person. But when you've got children, mm. I struggle with the guilt of, well, why am I here focusing or channeling my time and energy into something when I should be focusing my time and energy into my children at mm. home? So for me, that's where it's it's got to is that I, I just enjoy going, doing my thing and, and coming home but because I know, you know, and, and so would you, you know the extra hours mm. that are required and I just I don't have the capacity for that at, at 
now um will that change maybe but i i can't really see it changing too much in the future yeah i i totally i think it's a phase of life i think you can't imagine that at this stage and you know not to say that you will change your mind but you definitely go through that stage where you're like this these are my priorities and i'm i don't know i kind of have gotten to my mid-30s and been like no these are my boundaries now i'm yeah i'm happy to say no to do those things. Do you worry because, uh, you know, part of being an elite athlete and, and certainly you've kind of enjoyed a certain amount of um, spotlight and attention from the amazing performances and achievements that you've had in your, your career, do you worry about saying no to things because you might become irrelevant or, you know, because that's what we're told so often. It's like if you don't say yes to every opportunity, it's like you're going to get forgotten and fall off the face of the planet. Yeah, that that is what happens to an athlete, you know, particularly when you exit that world, you, you do become irrelevant in some ways. And, and I think that's to touch on what we spoke about a little bit earlier, I, I think I've actually become okay with becoming irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, <that's> um, <laughs> it's good for the ego. It brings you back down to I, earth. But if, you, if you asked me that when I finished my career, yeah, I would have gone, okay, well, what is it that I have to do to yeah. stay front and centre? Yeah. Um, and and now I think when I when I talk about that post of Renee Ingalls and and that that flicking in your in your mind to go you know what I'm okay to to just take a step back and if I now weighed up the two and said okay well I could have this you know career where I'm traveling and I'm on every single opportunity if it's tv if it's radio if it's this if it's you know reality tv show whatever whatever opportunities come and I say yes to everything but over here I've got my family and they don't see me or here I am with my family I'm present in their lives and I I can go to you know arts and crafts day at kindy or I can volunteer at kindy or I can um, take them to to their sport games or whatever and I'm I can do that then there's actually no question in my mind which one I would choose it's always my my family over here as you say that's my priority right now and I, I feel like that will always be my priority mm. for me and again I'm very different to, you know, I'm different to everyone else's journey out there. I say yes to the things that make me excited and happy and feel like they're going to continue to push me outside my comfort zone because I think that's really important for me to keep doing that. Mm. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I've actually learnt to, to say no to things because, if I overextend myself, then I'm no good over here in the professional world and then I'm no good over here in the mother world either. So, yeah, we often hear, you know, it's about finding that balance. And for me at the moment, it, it's just very much being present in the kids' lives and and being okay with that and having this. And, and to be honest, Libra, again, I feel so lucky because I feel like I've got the balance pretty well right at the moment Mm. I feel like I'm getting enough of that outlet enough of touching on the passion that I've I've had for so many years but also being so present in my kids life and you know and my my management team and my family allow me to do that so it's not just me it's this village of people around me that have just 
really set set myself up in a in a good situation. Yeah, it's so important to have that village, as you said. Do you? I, I'm always interested because I get asked a lot if I want my girls to go into swimming. So, would you want your kids to go into sport? Do you want them to sort of have that life that you've had? Yeah, it's such a it's a it's a really tricky question to answer because. Mark said to me the other day, oh, I'm going to take Barney down and sign him up to rugby. Uh-huh. And I said, I would have said AFL uh, for Barney. <laughs> the well, height. Or that's basketball. What I, I would love Barney to play AFL because, you know, I just think it's it's such a cool, cool game for, you know, for for skills and their ability to, you know, get their fitness and everything. And and then I just thought to myself, hang on a minute, like who are we to be, you know, channeling them down one path? I think for me growing up um, the reason why I fell in love with netball so much was because I discovered it late and I played so many different sports. So um, and then in saying that if, if little Billy came home when she's 10 and didn't want to sign up for netball, I'd be like. (laughs) But but Why? Why, Billy? <laughs> She'll be signing up for women's AFL and <laughs> Barney won't be playing AFL. I'll be like, this is not happening. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's that other side of like you've got to let them do what they mm. want to do. So it's a, it's a. I, I think my answer to your question is they will play sport. I think there's too many life lessons in sport mm. that um you know, if they're terrible at it, so be it. But I just think apart from that skill, it's the the lessons that you learn from being involved in team sport and individual sports. And I think we just as parents have to let them navigate their own way. And 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 I don't know about you, you probably see the girls and they're all such different little characters mm. with such different skills. Yeah. And you think like You've just got to, I think, teach them to harness what passion is theirs and yeah. encourage that passion. If they love something, then they're naturally going to do really well at it, aren't yeah. they? And they'll naturally be drawn to it as well. It's not something you can control at all. you just got to try and oh. give them the opportunities, right? In saying that, would you want your girls to swim? Uh, <laughs> good question. I always say the politically correct answer and say I just want them to find their passion and I want them to, yeah. you know, find something that they really love because that's the thing that made me who I am is finding a passion really young. But yeah. by the same token, if they said they wanted to swim for Australia, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's do <exactly>. it. <laughs> Mind you, I would prefer they play tennis because then I can imagine, yeah. you know, travelling the world and being in their professional box and all of that. Oh, <laughs> sounds so glamorous, doesn't it? It does sound oh, glamorous, but, you know. Post-COVID world, obviously. (laughs) Few years down the track. (laughs) Oh, Laura, that was just, I could talk to you for so long. It's just been such a joy to to speak with you and and hear about your transition into life after sport and into parenthood. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Liv. It's always a pleasure to to chat with you and bump into you and see all the wonderful things that you're doing. And, um, yeah, thank you for for having me on your lovely little podcast. Yay, thank you. (laughs) 
hope you enjoyed today's episode with Laura. She is a wonderful human being. And if you want to check out more about her life and what she gets up to with her three little kitties, uh, check her out on Instagram at LMGeitz. That's L-M-G-E-I-T-Z. All of that information will be in our show notes. Uh, And also she's on the Channel 9 commentary team for the Super Netball season, so make sure you check that out as well. Um, If you like these episodes, make sure that you share them with a friend. Uh, Make sure you hit subscribe so they drop straight into your feed on the podcast app that you use. And, yeah, if there's anyone else that you'd like to hear from, make sure you let me know uh, on my Instagram at allthatglitterspod. And otherwise, I will chat to you next week. Bye.